Hello and welcome to the 30th podcast from SCC English, the English Department of St. Columbus College in Dublin in Ireland. This is Julian Gerdham. You can subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes under SCC English and see more about us at our site www.sccenglish.ie. This is another in an occasional series of talks on individual poems on the Irish Leaving Certificate course, which examine the poem itself, give some sort of context, and link it to other poems by the same author. This time I'll be looking at Seamus Heaney's Sunlight, one of two dedicatory poems in the collection North, called Mossbourne, and itself dedicated to his aunt Mary Heaney. And so first of all I'll read it, though I should say you're probably better off listening to the man himself read it, which he does superbly, on the link on our site. In any case, here is Sunlight. There was a sunlit absence. The helmeted pump in the yard heated its iron. Water honeyed in the slung bucket, and the sun stood like a griddle cooling against the wall of each long afternoon. So her hands scuffled over the bakeboard. The reddening stove sent its plaque of heat against her where she stood in a flowery apron by the window. Now she dusts the board with a goose's wing, now sits broad-lapped with whitened nails and measling shins. Here is a space again, the scone rising to the tick of two clocks. And here is love, like a tinsmith's scoop, sunk past its gleam in the meal bin. Like many of Heaney's poems, including almost all in the Leaving Cert selection, this is one about place. It's also a love poem to that place and to the woman who features in it. Throughout his writing career, Heaney has mined his childhood for material, from the famous early poem Digging through to his most recent collection, Human Chain. Sunlight is one of the most emotional such visitings, though it's not, as I will suggest later, entirely without shadow. The place in the dedication's title, Mossbourne, is one of the most important in Heaney's writing, the original family f farm in County Derry in which he grew up. Heaney has spoken often about this place, what he's called the first place, echoing the first place that was the Garden of Eden, an idyll of perfect innocence notably in the first essay in his collection Preoccupations, a piece originally delivered on BBC Radio 4 in 1978. In the first paragraph, he wrote about the water pump which appears in sunlight and how it marked the centre of a world. Quote, Five households drew water from it. Women came and went, came rattling between empty enamel buckets, went evenly away, weighed down by silent water. And water, along with light, is at the centre of this poem. The first line is a kind of paradox. There was a sunlit... Well, what? Landscape? Yard? Scene? No, an absence. There was an absence. All is still and almost silent. A silence occasionally broken in the poem by scarcely noticeable sounds the scuffling of hands, the dusting of the board, the tick of two clocks. Like a constable calls, this would make for a great short film. And then there is the pump, provider of essential water, 
the water that will be used to bake the bread that will sustain life. Heaney emphasises the heavy heat in the assonance on the sound uh in water honeyed in the slung bucket and the sun stood. The aunt's presence sidles into the poem in line 10. So her hands scuffled, and we see her in a flowery apron by the window, a figure from a Dutch painting by Vermeer or de Hoek, associated with light and openness. In the excellent book Stepping Stones, a series of interviews with Dennis O'Driscoll which amounts to an autobiography, Heaney talks in some detail about this poem, on pages 171 to 173 mostly. He comments on the nature of the baking. Quote, it was as much a right as a job. Mary stood still and straight while her hands did all the work at the bake board, and the kitchen filled with the fragrance of the baking bread. And he says about his aunt, Mary was the familiar of the yard, and compares her to his mother. Each of them was a strong woman. Basically, they were givers rather than takers. The boy Heaney was the great favourite. She was a kindness dispenser to every one of us. In the fifth stanza, almost unnoticed, Heaney moves into the present tense. Now she dusts the board. He, like the reader, is back in that place and time now, and he remembers his aunt with all the clear-sightedness of the boy he then was. She was broad-lapped with whitened nails and measling shins. The kind of precise detail he uses also in different circumstances in poems as different as A Constable Calls and The Skunk. Here is a space again, he writes, a space of peace and light and nourishment which he is revisiting in his memory. Again the scone rising, and the reminder that though the scene seems to be timeless, nothing stops for time, the tick of two clocks. This is, after all, a memory poem, and that world did change. His childhood did turn into what Kavanagh calls the adult world of knowledge and the conscious hour, and his aunt did die. He ends, though, in the present tense, with an appropriate simile. Here is love, like a tinsmith's scoop, sunk past its gleam in the meal bin. That ticking links with another poem from the same collection, North, A Constable Calls, in which the ticking of the RUC policeman's bicycle as he leaves underscores the sense of threat, and the awareness that before long in Northern Ireland there will be many bombs primed by timers. A Constable Calls is the second poem in a series called Singing School, which starts with The Ministry of Fear in which policemen aggressively question the young lover when they find out his name is Seamus and is therefore evidently a Catholic. And it will come as a surprise, if you don't know the book North, to find out that it's actually full of poems on politics, violence and death, despite the tone of sunlight. The troubles that started in the late 1960s make sunlight seem to be from another vanished world, a memory of Edenic innocence. This context gives an extra charge to this poem, whose gorgeous warming quality is heightened and made all the more poignant by the author's and our knowledge that it is all now in the past, held only in memory and in the memorable words themselves.
This has been Julian Gerdem from sccenglish.ie. There'll be more podcasts along before long. Goodbye.